your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast here on this September 9th, 2020. Again, Wednesday, September 9th, 2020. That is your boy Q here with you as always. You can find me on Twitter at your boy Q254. And uh, normally, you can hit me up on the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, which you could do that anyway. You can send a text or leave a voicemail message at 707 654 4693. Today's show is being brought to you by Sahara Las Vegas. It is the place that will make your football getaway great. I'll tell you all about that a little bit later on in the show, but right now I want to just tell you what's coming up on the show. And I said normally you can get me on that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, text, or a voice message, but not today. And the reason is because I have a really stinking good interview with Hall of Famer, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Mike Haynes. Uh, I had a chance to catch up with him on Saturday and talk to him. It was so funny when I called him. I asked him how he was doing, what he was up to, and he's like, man, I'm uh, stuck in bumper-to-bumper traffic right now. So he basically had all day to talk to me. I talked to him 30 minutes. I could have talked to him another 30 minutes. And I mean, I, I felt like this conversation, no joke, Raider Nation, I felt like it was just me and Mike Haynes sitting in the car and we were just on a road trip just talking, just BSing. That's how awesome the conversation was. And uh, played it on uh, Raider Nation Radio, Silver and Black Today on Tuesday. And it went over really well. But I know everyone doesn't have an opportunity to to, to listen to the show. So I'm going to bring you this uh, interview because I think it's that stinking good. And if you happen to hear it on Tuesday, well, that's okay, too. Because, again, it is that stinking good that you'll enjoy it. You'll pick up something from it. If you've already heard it once, you'll pick up something from it uh, the second time around. So definitely make sure you tune in. Segment number two and three, my interview one-on-one with Pro Football Hall of Fame defensive back Mike Haynes. And then here in segment number one, I'll give you the news and the notes of the day as I always do. So let's go ahead and hop right to it. So off top on Tuesday, the Raiders created some extra salary cap space. They did a little bit of restructuring, and I'm not a big fan of restructuring because when you do that, basically you give money to players early, but you're also creating, uh, you know, like dead cap money uh, on the back end. You know, it's almost like a credit card. When you restructure contracts, it's like buying something on a credit card. You, you know, technically aren't paying for it right now but you're going to pay for it later and it's going to cost you a little bit at the same time. So uh, the Raiders restructured linebacker Corey Littleton's contract. It created 8.27 million in cap room, which actually put them at 9.1 million in cap space after the restructuring of the contract. Well, they'll let you know they didn't have hardly anything. They hardly had any cap space before they made that restructure. Littleton's base salary is 910,000 with a $500,000 roster bonus, a 10.9 million restructure bonus and a 250,000 workout bonus. So uh, the Raiders did some finagling, uh, created some cap space. And of course that got all the Raider nation in a tizzy. What in the world are the Raiders going to do? What move are they going to make? Who are they about to sign? Are they about to trade for somebody? I mean, I heard every case scenario and look, they might be. They might be on the eve of doing something. They may be making a move for a running back, maybe a linebacker, maybe a veteran wide receiver, or maybe just maybe they're holding on to it for a rainy day. Maybe they're putting that money in their pocket for like a little bit of a savings and just say, okay, you know what? Right now we're sending $9.1 million in cap space. If we do have to go out and make a move, maybe somebody goes down and we need to get some more depth or somebody becomes available. We can go get an opportunity to go get them. We'll have the cap space to do it. So it could be as simple as that, or It could be like some people are thinking that they got something working in the background and that they're about to make a big move. 
I don't know. Uh, there's no inside story on it. You know, there's no sources to reach out to and find out. I, I just kind of think that it's one of those things. I think it's just creating a little bit of cast space, man. That's just sometimes that's just what it is. But I've heard people say Earl Thomas. I've heard people say Devontae Freeman. I've heard somebody say um, there was a trade or, you know, uh, what's his name? Alshon Jeffrey is on the trade block in Philadelphia. So maybe it could be a move for him. And look, all of those could be valid. All those points could be valid or it could be none of them. That's basically what I'm letting you know is that I don't have any idea at this point what it is. There's been no hints at, at what they're trying to do uh, right now. As far as I'm concerned, the 53-man roster that they got, the depth chart that they put out the other day is what they're rolling with into Carolina for week one. But again, who knows? Time will tell. It's only Wednesday and there's still a couple days before, uh, you know, before the weekend comes and before the season actually gets officially started for the Raiders. Also in roster moves, they signed tackle Jared Jones-Smith to the practice squad. He's a former Pitt Panther. He spent time with the Texans, Dolphins, Niners, and he was also a member of the AAF. Remember, that's that football league, that pro league that uh, folded after a, a brief stint. I mean, it was very, very brief. They didn't even make it to the playoffs. Or they got right on the eve of the playoffs, and then they folded. But uh, either way, it's just some depth. As far as I'm concerned, it's another guy to have on the practice squad. It rounded off their practice squad at 16. Uh, and again, you want to have uh, as many offensive linemen, and we've talked about tackle and the lack of depth at the tackle position. Maybe it's a guy in case emergency they bring up at some point. You know, for the most part, it's going to be uh, Brandon Parker. It's going to be who's who's on the roster right now. But just in case, you know, COVID-19 hits and it hits. Believe me, just found out that uh, the game I was going to be covering on Saturday, Baylor and, uh, and uh, La Tech has just been postponed because, well, COVID-19, La Tech had 38 cases. So, I mean, it's going to. It's going to happen, man. You're seeing it in college football. It's going to happen in the NFL as well. Looks like the NFL has a better chance of uh, surviving it and getting past it. They, the NFL put out their COVID-19 numbers on Tuesday, and it was great. I think they had like one COVID-19 case that they updated after a bunch. I mean, a bazillion. And I say a bazillion. Like, there's a whole lot of uh, tests that they did and only added one guy to the COVID-19 list. So they've done a hell of a job so far. And the players and coaches and everyone's done a really good job of, of really fighting this COVID-19 thing and making sure – all the players, coaching, all the staff is safe. So it looks good like the NFL is going to get going, but for college, it's rough going. But either way, just wanted to update you on the roster moves. The Raiders did sign tackle Jared Jones-Smith to the practice squad on Tuesday. Uh, a couple more notes here for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast before we get into part one of my interview with uh, Hall of Famer Mike Haynes. How about this? How about the game crew? How about the guys that are calling the game? You know, Raider Nation uh, likes certain people to call the games, and Raider Nation doesn't like like uh, Dan Fouts. Raider Nation hates when Dan, Dan Fouts is on the call. Trent Green is on the call. Uh, I even heard a lot of people didn't like when Bruce Arians was on the call. Well, the good thing for the Raiders is Bruce Arians is back on the sideline, and Trent Green and uh, Dan Fouts they're not calling the game on Sunday for the Raiders. Who's calling the game? Greg Gumbel and, well, a favorite quarterback of Raider Nation, Rich Gannon, and then Jay Feely is going to be the field reporter. So they'll be the three that are calling the game by way of TV for uh, the Raiders and Panthers on Sunday. Now, Raider Nation always wants to know about the officials, right? So who's going to be the referee for Sunday? The referee for the Raiders at Panthers is going to be Brad Allen. And the only reason I bring this up is because Josh Dubow from the AP, who always puts out some kind of stats about the Raiders, and usually it's negative, but usually it's negative because it's just, that's what it is. It's a negative stat. It's not because he's on a witch hunt for the Raiders. It's just most of the stats that he comes up with and shows happen to be negative. Well, this is one of them. With Brad Allen as the referee, the Raiders are 0-5 all time. That includes losses to Denver in 2016 and Baltimore in 2017 when Carr was hurt. So you could take that into consideration. Also, 
Uh, how about Houston in 2014, Cincinnati in 2015, and Tennessee uh, in 2019? So Brad Allen, as the referee for uh, for Raider games, has not gone well in the history of the Raiders. They are 0-5 all time. I think everyone in Raider Nation, including myself, expects them to go to 1-5 after Sunday. But uh, again, you got to go out there and win the game on the field. You can't just win it on paper. And my final note here for uh, segment number one is not about the Raiders at all. It's about uh, somebody who's, who's a player in the AFC West, a hell of a player, a superstar player, as a matter of fact, in the AFC West with the Denver Broncos. That's Von Miller. Uh, the tweet came out early from uh, Ian Rappaport. No, from Michael, Mike Garofalo and Ian Rappaport on uh, Tuesday evening. Uh, Broncos pass rusher Von Miller suffered a lower leg injury in practice, and the fear is that he's done for the season, but the MRI will tell all. And then later on on Tuesday evening, they updated it and said season-ending surgery on the tendon for one Von Miller. He's going to get a second opinion on Thursday, but Von Miller, big-time pass rusher for the Broncos, done for the 2020 season. Man, he's held a 2020 to forget, right? His 2020 has sucked. I mean, it really has, and I hate that that he's going to miss the whole season because he's a hell of a player. But remember, early in 2020, he got COVID-19, and he's got asthma, and so he said that it was one of the most painful things he's ever had to deal with. Uh, so then he gets over that. He gets into incredible shape. He's ready for the upcoming season, and then he jacks up his tendon, and he's going to have to have season-ending surgery, and uh, he's going to miss all of 2020. So I uh, hate that for the player. hate that for any player, man. Injuries suck. And that's a terrible part of the NFL game that you're one play away, one practice away, one stepping on the grass away from an injury that could put you away for the rest of the season. So Von Miller is out for the Broncos. He is going to get a second opinion on Thursday, but usually those second opinions don't go anywhere. But second opinion saying, yep, you got to have that surgery. and It's going to be a done deal. So things are not looking good for uh, Broncos pass rusher. Von Miller. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, going to get into my conversation, at least part one of my conversation, with defensive back Mike Haynes. He's a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, was a great Raider, and he has some good stories to tell, a lot of good conversation. You're going to hear that next. Before you get into that, before we get into that, I got to tell you about NFL Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap, from every single game with full game replays, and you can see all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Now, don't tell my wife that because she might just be like, well, you don't have to watch the whole damn game. Just get NFL Game Pass. You can watch it in 45 minutes, and then we could be on to something else. Like, I don't know, something like Lifetime or something. So I ain't going to tell her about that, but I am going to tell about you, or I am going to tell you all about it. You can relive all the gutsy calls, the crazy catches, the wild comebacks, breakout stars from each and every game, every single week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, and it's all in one place. NFL Game Pass, the only place you can replay every game all season long. Plus, this is cool too. You're going to learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective. They'll break down the game, concepts, techniques, Deshaun Watson, he just got paid. You can learn from him. Stephon Gilmore, you can learn from him. Devontae Adams, one of the best in the business at the wide receiver position. He's going to teach you as well. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. You can go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Segment number two is on the way. Part one of my conversation with Pro Football Hall of Famer Mike Haynes. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast on this Wednesday, September 9th, 2020. Coming up tomorrow, you'll definitely get the crossover edition, first week of the season, Raiders and Carolina Panthers. But that is for tomorrow's show. Right now, it's time to get into a conversation that if you listen to Raider Nation Radio 920, Silver and Black Today with myself and Scott Goldbranson on Tuesday, you heard this conversation, but man, it was a good conversation. So just go ahead and put it in your ear hole, let you hear it one more time, bless yourself with it, because this is, I mean, I'm telling you, this is one of my better interviews. I mean, I, I really am good at judging my interviews on which ones are really stinking good and which ones are just like, okay. And so I'll tell you, oh, this was just an okay interview. This one was damn good. This was one of my better ones. I was really, really proud of this one. So definitely just enjoy this. This is myself and Pro Football Hall of Famer, former Patriot and Raider. Obviously, we're here for the Raiders, and that's what we care about. But a real fun, candid conversation. Mike Haynes tells a lot of good stories. And here is part one of that conversation. Joining me now on the phone lines is Pro Football Hall of Famer, defensive back Mike Haynes. He played for both the Patriots and the Raiders, was the number five overall pick in 76 by New England. And Mike, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Really strange and crazy 2020, but here we are. We're on the eve of another football season. The Raiders are about to start another chapter in franchise history. Uh, first of all, what are your thoughts on just, just where we are, how we've arrived on the eve of another football season? Well, I, I'm hoping that we get through a, a get through the season. That's how I'm feeling about it, you know. Um, and um, you know, the the Raiders, I think, have done a great job in, in um, upping the team level, you know, play play level, adding some great players on defense and on offense. And um, you know, I think if not for this pandemic, I think everybody would be super super excited about watching them play or getting out to see these new players play. So uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm just like every other fan. I'm sitting back and waiting to see um, how this all works out. But I'm, I'm very optimistic about this um, being a good season. The only thing I'm, I'm, that bothers me is I'm not sure if we're going to get through this season, you know, right. that kind of a thing. Right. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And that's a that's a question that we're all asking each other. Is, is it going to happen and how long are they going to be able to play? But uh, you mentioned uh, some of the young players that the Raiders have been able to bring in. How much is it going to be or how difficult do you think it's going to be since they haven't had a real offseason? They haven't had preseason. They haven't had, you know, a rookie minicamp. And now they're just expected to go out there and perform week one. Yeah, I think that's going to be a challenge. But they're just going to have to have the mindset that every week they're going to get better. And, um, you know, I know I don't really know um, what the Players Association is doing now, but, you know, before they had, they had only given the teams so much time to work with the players. And so with this pandemic, I don't really know. You might know because it might have been something in the paper about it, um, that they've given them more time where they can sit and look at film uh, and do more walkthroughs and things like that where they have more time to learn because, you know, no one wants to see a touchdown when a guy is running wide open because of a mental mistake by somebody, you know? Right. Um, so do you know is there, if they've given the teams more time to work to work those kinds of things out? Yeah, they had more of a of a you know Zoom teleconferences and all those. They they were able to do a lot of those, and they had a lot of ramp up period as well, leading into padded practices. But they only ended up having fourteen total padded practices, so more walkthroughs, more Zoom time, but less padded practices. Well, the, the padded practices are, I, you know, I, they're not they're not like live scrimmages. So 
it's just, you know, guys running around with their pads on. The pads aren't that heavy. Right. Uh, you know, as a guy who, during, during my career, you know, I had contract trouble um, probably, I think, two different times that I can definitely remember where I was out for an extended period of time. One time, I signed on Thursday, and I played on Sunday. Nice. You know, so, but, uh, but of course, I knew the defense. Uh, um, um, I, I know, you know, know about the returns and all these different things. The terminology is the same terminology. Uh, but you're talking about some guys who maybe played on another team the year before or coming right out of college, coming into the NFL, all new to them. So that is, that's going to be the challenge. And so, but it, the good news is that every team will be affected the same way. So it's not like only the Raiders have to deal with it. Everybody's going to have to deal with that. And we just have to hope that um, they do a real good job of, um, you know, making the, uh, the switch from college to pro. Talking right now with Pro Football Hall of Famer, defensive back Mike Haynes on Raider Nation Radio 920. And Mike, when you were drafted number five overall, uh, did you feel any pressure coming into the league that you had to prove your worth or prove why you were selected so high? Or did you just know, like, hey, this is what I do. I'm a, I'm a heck of a ball player. I'm going to go out there and just do it and, and, and have my confidence about myself. Well, it's kind of the latter. I mean, it, for me, it was like, you know, in college we learned not to worry about things that you can't control, you know? Yeah. And so, um, so before the draft, there was a lot of interest. So I figure if there's a lot of interest, then, you know, I'm probably going to be okay. Not like, uh, I think the guys who would be worried might be a free agent guy, you know, who's like, wow, if I was really good, I would have got drafted. I'm a free agent. I think I'm good enough, but maybe they don't think I'm, I'm good enough. I'm going to really have to, show what I can do as soon as I get in there. But if you're drafted really high, you could go in and make a bunch of mistakes and realize that you have time to get better because they're not going to let you go um, because of the draft. What did you find to be the most difficult part of your transition from going from Arizona State to arriving in the NFL? Um, well, I didn't. the covering part wasn't hard because at Arizona State we had such great uh, wide receivers you know, I, I was covering guys like John Jefferson and Larry Mucker and Morris Owens. These all these guys all made it into the NFL, you right. know, yeah. uh, and other guys as well that were wide receivers. But, um, you know, coming up and taking on the, the big linemen um, and, and, the, and, you know, that kind of a thing, that was a concern, but it really turned out not to, you know, as I got stronger every year, it wasn't a, a huge concern. But the biggest thing was the terminology, the you know, um, um, you know, everybody being on the same page. And as a rookie, I led our defense in mental mistakes. And, um, and, and you know, I actually had on, on most of the, the plays where I had a mental mistake, it also ended up being a play where I made a, uh, a, huge, a huge play for the defense. And, and, and <laughs> by that, what I mean is like uh, we could have had a coverage where I have to read the halfbacks that they run – if they both go away from me, then if I have outside technique and, you know, in my backpedal, I have to now shift my, to an inside technique. So get on the inside of the receiver. And, um, there would be times where I would be outside the two, two backs would go away. I'd be outside. And then at the last second, for some reason I go, Oh crap, I'm supposed to be on the inside, you know? <laughs> and then I, and, and then I switch to the inside, and sure enough, the ball's on its way. 
the quarterback saw that I was out of position and he had already released the ball. And so when, as soon as I get inside, I look up and the ball's coming to me, right. you know, instead of the receiver. So, you know, so all my negative mental mistakes um, ended up being a big play for our defense. So it, it's kind of a mixed thing, but that was really the toughest thing was getting used to the terminology and uh, when the safety is, uh, or the linebacker is changing the defense because of something the offense did, um, you know, feeling comfortable. And so that was the tough part. Everything was in fast motion. When, and, you know, that when they talk about um, things getting to a slower motion, that's when you're pretty much ingrained with what's going on and you, you have a better feeling of, of what to do. And you make very few mistakes and you can't afford to make any mistakes on the defense. Yeah, and, and I asked you that question because the Raiders look like they're going to have a very young secondary. Trayvon Mullen's going to be a second-year guy. Uh, Damon Arnett, he was the number 19 overall pick out of Ohio State. They got Amik Robertson. Looks like he's going to play some time in the slot, but he's all uh, a young guy as well. And so a lot of fans are concerned because there's so much youth, especially in the secondary on that defense. How concerned should they be? They shouldn't be concerned at all because – the Raiders had to know what they were doing when they were making that decision. So, you know, when I was on the Raiders, we were really good at man-to-man defense. When the game was on the line, we were going to go man-to-man. And so with young guys, if you don't want them to make any mental mistakes, the best thing you can do is go man-to-man. And so that's Raider, That's what Raider DBs do anyway. Right. They, they, love, they love man-to-man coverage. And they're just going to put them in that man-to-man coverage for the most of the time. And when I was making all those mental mistakes, um, a couple of times they were in man-to-man, but usually they were zone. They were zone coverages. So, um, so anyway, I think that they'll be okay then. If they're young, they'll, they'll, they're going to make some mistakes, but hopefully they won't be mental, you know. Right. And um, they'll be all right. Talking right now with Pro Football Hall of Famer Mike Haynes here on Raider Nation Radio. And the Raiders are opening up a brand new stadium in Las Vegas. It's beautiful. The facilities are beautiful. It's a new chapter. I've been calling it in Raider history. Uh, what do you think the, the late, great Al Davis would think right now just about the direction that the team is going, the new stadium that he always coveted? There, It's there for him in Vegas. It's just everything that the Raiders have going for him right now. I, I think, you know, if Mr. Davis were alive, he'd be really proud of the work that Mark has done. And, um, and, you know, and I think that the, he'd be really getting the players and the coaches all worked up about, you know, being great. And he just did it. You know, just the way he used to talk and communicate with the players uh, was, was very unique. And I think he'd be super proud right now of what's going on. Um, but he, he may not let you know that until after they do something, you know, <laughs> after they after the season's over. <laughs> right. That make that makes sense. That sounds like a lot of the Al Davis stories that, that we've heard around here. And and do you have a memory, a favorite Al Davis memory that whenever you hear his name or you think of him, you immediately go back to? No, not really. I just I just love the guy, you know, because uh, as an owner he knew so much about football and in particular it seemed to me to know an awful lot about defense. Um, my first Raider training camp. Now you got to remember that was my eighth year in football. Right. Uh, when I when I finally was went to a camp, uh, we were playing bump and run, and he was he used to ask me what what I was doing. He felt like I was I should be closer to the guy than I was, closer to him, so close that I could see the numbers on his on the front of his on the front of his chest. 
instead of his back. And so I said, no, Mr. Davis, so you got it. I want to be on his hip. I want to be right where I can see his hip. I can touch his hip. That's where I want to be. And he said, why? I said, because, you know, if he breaks inside or outside, you know, I can see him dropping his weight going down. So I know he's about to drop. Uh, and I can, I can make my, you know, based on what we think he's going to do or what my responsibility is, I can make a decision on what to do. And I'd much rather be in that position. They try to throw a deep ball. I'm, I'm tall. I'm long. They're going to have to throw that ball over me. And if I can't catch the ball myself, I can at least knock the guy, knock the arms down on the guy, and he won't catch the ball. And, uh, and he says, you know, we're both right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, love, I love that about him. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I, I really do love that. And and Mike, I've seen you multiple times at Super Bowls, seen you at drafts, and you always wear that gold jacket proud because, well, you're a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It looks like finally head coach Tom Flores, the great Tom Flores, is finally going to get to join you in Canton, Ohio. When you when you found out that Tom Flores is going to get in in 2021, what were your thoughts? Unbelievable. I mean, uh, I have been waiting for this moment for – you know, way too long. Let's just say that way too long. I'm so happy for Tom and for his family and for Raider fans. You know, you got to think about it, man. This guy, he played as a Raider, as a player. He was assistant coach as a Raider um, for the Raiders, head coach of the Raiders, general manager. You know, he's he's been a Raider the whole time. So he loves the Raiders. His, his contribution to football for the most part in all those years was the Raiders, and I, I felt like he deserved to go in a long time ago, and he knows that. He knows how I feel and how everybody that's probably in the Raider organization feels about him going in. It's just awesome. I can't wait. Yeah, no, it, it really is going to be a great day when he's inducted in there and, and gets to join that fraternity. And, Mike, as a member of that that very exclusive fraternity, what does it mean to be a HOF or to be a Hall of Famer? What does that mean? Well, it, it means that you are able to do a lot of things because you have the respect of the people in your own, your own industry and, um, and the fans. And if, if, if you have something that you really want to do in your life, you probably have a better chance of succeeding now. And um, it also means that uh, probably the most thing, important part is what it really means is you had a great career and you've made a great contribution to your sport, uh, to your team. Um, the, it's not just about you going in because like, Hey, Mike Haynes might be in, but I couldn't have got in the hall of fame without Greg Townsend, Howie Long, Lyle Alzado, Ted Hendricks, right. you know, Mike Davis, and all these guys. And so one of those guys goes in, you know, you feel like you're, you're really blessed to have played with that guy. When it's coach Flores that goes in, it's like all the players that ever played on the Raiders are going to feel like, hey, man, they had the best coaching, um, that, you know, and uh, all, the, all the coaches that coached for Tom, uh, they, they were very fortunate to be in that same place with him uh, and make that contribution at the same time. So they'll all point their fingers, including me, and say, yeah, that, that was one of my coaches, you know, and uh, he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and every player and every coach – We'll be able to say that as well now, that played or, or coached with him.
So that's part one of my conversation right there with Pro Football Hall of Famer Mike Haynes. Lots of good stuff right there, man. I really enjoyed talking to him. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the show he said he was stuck in traffic, and uh, he even says uh, later on in the in the interview, uh, I know you're probably ready to go, but uh, and he starts telling me some more stories. You'll hear that coming up in segment number three. But, man, he is a fun, fun dude to talk to. So hopefully you enjoyed part one. Please believe there's a lot more where that came from. This was a really, really good interview. Like I said before, very proud of it. So again, part one right there, you'll hear part two coming up in segment number three. Before I get into segment number three and part two of the interview, I got to tell you about, well, a couple of great sponsors here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. And one is Built Bar. Built Bar is back. BuiltBar.com. You can go to that right now and check it out. And what is Built Bar if you're brand new, if you're a new booty and never heard me talking about Built Bar? Well, it's a protein bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's got 100% chocolate on it. There's 18 different stinking flavors. And when I say stinking, I mean that in the most respectful, niceful way, that 18 good flavors. 12 of them I like to call the OG flavors because they've been around for a while. They're the originals. And then six brand new ones. So they would be new booties as well. Cookies and Cream is one that really intrigues me, but you got to go and just check it out right now. All the flavors are on BuiltBar.com. If you use the promo code Locked On to buy your first box or any box right now, if you you could have bought like a hundred boxes already. If you go there right now to buy another box and use the promo code Locked On, you're still going to get ten percent off. And again, I, I think the biggest key to the whole thing is if you can get a protein bar that's good for you, but then it tastes good too. It's not like you're even eating a protein bar, right? You're at work or whatever, and maybe you're like me, and you got to eat a protein bar before you start your job, or you really get into your job. I, I mean, I, I feel like I'm just kind of grabbing a candy bar. You know, I feel like I'm grabbing something that's just good, tasty to eat, and, and instead of you know, oh, this is good for me. You know, there's like the wife puts vitamins out for me all the time. I don't, I just forget, and I say I forget. I wink, wink. I just pretend like I don't see them because they're vitamins. Who wants, you know, who needs vitamins? But that's what I would do if this protein bar tasted like cardboard, but it doesn't. It tastes really good, so I don't have any problem putting it in my pocket, and then boom, when it's time to, to rock and roll and get ready for the show, just go ahead and eat it, and I'm good to go. So you could be good to go as well. BuiltBar.com. Check it out. Uh, look at all the different flavors. See all the really good deals, and of course, if you use the promo code Locked On when you buy a box, you're going to get 10% off, so just definitely go ahead and do that. Make it happen, and let me know what flavor you had and what you think of it. I like to eat mine in the fridge. I like to cool them off, give them a little edge to them, but you don't have to do that. You can put them in the cupboard. You can put them in the pantry, whatever you do, and you can be good to go that way. But let me know. Let me know what flavor you had, and let me know how you like it. BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on, and uh, you'll get 10% off. Also, I got to tell you about the title sponsor of today's show, Sahara Las Vegas. When it's time for a great getaway to Vegas, you got to use Sahara Las Vegas. It is the home of the Raiders. It is Sahara Las Vegas. You may not be able to watch the games in person, but Sahara knows how to take care of fans of the silver and black with viewing options for the games. First game is coming up on Sunday against the Panthers. Sahara Las Vegas has a sports book, casino action, and plenty to eat. Sometimes when you're watching a game, you just get the munchies, right? Yeah, well, there's other things that give you the munchies too, but I'm talking about football here, so get your mind out the gutter. You'll find many restaurants. You'll find many bars to choose from, two rooftop pools, pre- and post-game plans. If you got them, you could use them at the pool. It'd be all good. You know you want to be in Vegas for a game, right? So stay at Sahara Las Vegas. Take advantage of their locked-on deal with 25% off your hotel, Stay and food and beverage credit, a free room upgrade, and other great discounts. You can book now, right now, saharalasvegas.com slash Nation, and use the promo code LOCKED. Little Bell found out for me. I was confused. I didn't know if it was Vegas, locked on, or locked. And Bell, she said, it's locked. So thank you, Little Bell, for confirming that. 
SaharaLasVegas.com slash VegasNation, code LOCKED to stay at the best place to watch and enjoy the games. Sahara Las Vegas. Now, segment number three is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, Wednesday, September 9th, 2020. And I am running short on time. I didn't realize that I had talked so much, but I guess I did. And I got a lot of interviews still to get to. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. I got to stop BSing. Let's get into it. Mike Haynes, Pro Football Hall of Fame. I had a conversation with him. You heard part one in segment number two. Here's part two of that conversation. When you ran off all those different names of players that you played with, guys that were with the organization that helped you succeed, helped Tom Flores uh, you know, be a better coach, just helped the Raiders be the, the team that they were. Do you ever think back and say, man, we had some players on those teams? Oh, I think that all the time. <laughs> Are you kidding? Uh, uh, I mean, and we did. you know. And, and it, But you know what I re- also realized is that every team probably feels like they have some players. Right. And so I really think that what really made the Raiders different different was the mindset. You know, they they love to win. They love a challenge. Um, they do whatever they needed to do to win. And, you know, and there was a lot of pride in, in that. And so but when I was on the Patriots and we won a game, just winning a game, we felt like we won the Super Bowl, you know? Right. It was like, woo, we really won. We're going to go out. Let's go Let's go out and let's hang with our fans and let's go do these different things. When I was on the Raiders, we won a game. It was, like, expected to win. You know, you just, you know, hey, man, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you Monday. Okay, I'll see you. you know? Right. It was like, it was like um, that's what we're supposed to do, man. We're the Raiders. We win. And so um, that was very interesting for me. I'm, you know, I like to think uh, about you know winning and losing and what separates a, a good player from a great player. And um, you know, and in the in the end, you have to say it's the mindset. So you know, you don't you don't shy away from from any battle. You know, and, and Lester, man, that dude, he used to he used to bring out the best in me, uh, and. And I guess maybe even in himself, because, you know, when people like guys like you would ask about somebody we're going to play, you know, I would say, oh, he's I try to be, you know, politically correct. <laughs> and say, Oh, he's really good. He's really doing great and having a great season. This guy is, you know, somebody that we're really going to have to work hard to, you know, to, to cover this guy and make sure he doesn't, um, you know, have a, a field day on us. And, you know, that would be my answer, you know, something like that. And Lester would say, He'll be lucky if he catches anything, you know, (laughs) you know, and, and, and so he used to make, make me come with my A game every game because that's, that's what he brought out in me. You know, sometimes, you know, you might start out slow and just get better that second half. Not when I was on the Raiders, man, we came out, you know, both guns firing and, uh, and, you know, playing with, guys like Lester who was willing to challenge everybody we played against um, that that made that made the defense even better 
Right. No, no doubt about it. That's good stuff right there. I could just I could just see Lester Hayes saying something like that and being fired up, man. That just kind of brings goosebumps just even thinking about that right now. And a f- final question for you as far as winning. I mean, it's what it's about. It's what the Raiders live by. Just win, baby. You know, commitment to excellence. Uh, they won four games with John Gruden when he first came back, seven games last year. Uh, I'm not asking for an exact prediction of what they're going to do, but how much more improved? Do you feel like this, this team has an opportunity to be much improved their first year there in Vegas. Oh yeah, I, you know I've actually had a chance to see him, um, you know, in their um, mini camp. Where was that? I'm trying to think of where that was. Henderson. Uh, and um, no, I don't think it was. Did they have a camp up in uh, in the Bay Area? Um, I don't think. Yeah, it- yeah, 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 yeah. They did. That's where it was. It was up in the Bay Area because we went to Napa afterwards. Okay. And um, and um, they they looked really good. You know, they they looked. The guys, they were young guys, but they they weren't making any mistakes. Matter of fact, they were had they had a great practice, and um, I, I just think they're going to be okay. I think Gruden, one of the things that he does do a really good job of is getting the guys ready, and uh, I think you know you also have to have the right guys, the guys that you really want, and the guys that really want to play and they really want to ball out every single game. It, it's hard to find those guys, and. Uh, and, and Mr. I, that was one, another thing, you know, I don't, I know you probably ready to go, but uh, one of the things, I, another thing I learned from Mr. Davis was that it's, it's about, it's not only the mindset, it's also about the inside, the, the guy's uh, heart. You know what I mean? It's right. um, like, like we drafted a guy named Terry McDaniel. Do you remember him? Yep. Yep. 36. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, out of University of Tennessee in the first round. Yep, and so uh, I was I was at the Raiders facility um, when we were in LA practicing uh, by myself on, a, on you know in the off season, and he saw me and he called me up over said Mike come in here I want you to see this, and so I go up into uh, his his office and we look he has the film projector there he he starts the projector running, and there's a play of a, a, a college. University of Tennessee, I don't remember who they were playing. And um, the field goal gets blocked. And um, and so one of the Tennessee players picks up the ball and starts running towards the end zone. He had a long ways to go. And then you see this these guys running to try to catch him. You see this one guy on Tennessee who passes up a whole bunch of guys, and then he gets out and he throws the key block. But <laughs> Uh, and, he, and, he, and so then Mr. Davis says to me, he says, did you see that? And I said, see what? He goes, what did you see? I said, well, I saw a guy block it. Is that what you mean? That how he, he really tried hard to get in there and block it? And, uh, and he said, what else? And I, I said, uh, uh, were you talking about um, the guy who got the ball? How he, um, you know, he wasn't just going to fall down with the ball, but he was going to try and score? He goes, what else? I, I said, uh, oh, were you talking about that guy who passed up all these other guys to get a good block for the guy who had the ball? And he said, yeah. He said, he says, all those other things could have happened. He said, but it is really hard to get a guy who is 10 yards behind everybody else to pass up everybody to get a block. You have to be born that way. You can't coach guys to do that. They have to be born that way. He says, those are the kind of guys he's looking for. He goes, that's the kind of guy I'm looking for. The guy where he doesn't have to be coached to learn that. 
he just does it instinctively. Right. And so, you know, that's why you pay all those scouts a lot of money to look at film. And, uh, and I doubt that you can find somebody like that every year. But Mr. Davis was looking for those kind of guys. And I'm, I'm sure that's the kind of guys that they're looking for today. Talking right now with Pro Football Hall of Famer defensive back Mike Haynes. And and I know I said I only had a couple more questions for you, but you got me onto another subject now and and talking about player evaluation. What have you thought about the job that Mike Mayock has done since he's come over to the Raiders and how him and John Gruden kind of, at least in my opinion, somewhat balance each other out? Well, so far I have to say, you know, it, it, it keeps me on my toes because a lot of times when he makes a decision, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, is this the right decision? Is, is, was, you know, is this something that, that is good for the team? You know, where I never felt that way before, um, but it's just because of his, um, you know, inexperience of, you know, in, but, but I think he is really acting like he has been a student of the game maybe his whole life, and, uh, and, and he's figured it out, and he's, fortunately he has a, a lot of resources around him to help if he's ever in a, in this gray area, but I, so far I like I like his thinking. I like the decisions he's made. Um, I think you know you, we all just have to wait and see how these uh, all these things pan out. Right. But um, I think I think he's I think he's done a good job. And, and for the Raiders to get where they want to be, obviously they want to be at the the top of the AFC West. They got to knock off this team that's kind of good called the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> They're the defending Super Bowl champions with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, just what are your thoughts on that team and 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 that big hurdle that the Raiders have to try to overcome at some point if they want to get where they need to be? Well, that's going to be a big hurdle. You know, I think it really is. Um, they're well coached. They have great talent and on both sides of the ball um that's going to be a big battle you know that's going to be a big battle and um and that's the game that you do not want to miss <laughs> you know because that uh, Mahomes is is just an unbelievable talent that we can throw the ball sidearm overarm underarm you know um to you know to get the ball to to his receivers and backs and um you know, you're going to have to have a great defense, and those guys are going to have to be in awesome shape And because they're wide receivers, the Kansas City wide receivers. They're going, to, they're going to run deep all day long, even when they're not getting the ball thrown to them, you know, just, just to keep you, uh, keep you sharp. And, the, and you can't let down. Every single time they do it, you have to act like the ball might come to your guy because it absolutely could. Mahomes is back there running around, scrambling, giving himself extra time. If, if one of those guys is deep, he, he has the ability to get the ball to him. So that's it's going to be a – I think it's a good challenge. I think that's probably going to be an AFC game of the, of the uh, year, uh, the, uh, the two times they play each other. Yeah, it so. should be. <laughs> it's it's always a, a very intense, and it's always a, a heck of a game when they play each other, or at least it's anticipated to be a heck of a game. And I promise this is my final question now, but I thought about speed, and I got to ask you because, you know, the Raiders love speed. Al Davis always loves speed. Your team's always had plenty of speed on them. Uh, the Raiders went and drafted Henry Ruggs III. He, he was the number 12 overall pick out of Alabama, and that's exactly what he has, a lot of speed, speed, and more speed. Do you see him being – I mean, what, what do you see when you see – see uh, 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 Henry Ruggs. What do you, how do you think that the Raiders will use him this year? Well, I don't really don't know. You know, I, I have no idea. But when you have a, 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 spa, a fast guy like that, and he can catch, like this kid can catch too. Right. Um, you know, you, you look for mismatches. 
you know, you find a way to get him on somebody that uh, probably runs a 4-6 or 4-5, somebody he can just run by. You know, and that could be could be another DB. It could be, um, it could be a, you know some other situation. But um, that's that's really what they'll look for. They'll look for mismatches, and I'm sure they'll find them. You know, Cliff Branch. When when I first came in the league, and I had to cover Cliff Branch, I thought, wow, I can run with Cliff Branch. And then uh, then I played him the second time. I was like, oh my god, this dude's fast. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. Uh, so. Um, now, but I was really lucky, um, you know, Stabler wasn't able to throw the ball 65 yards. <laughs> right. You know, Mahomes probably can. So, you know, you, you get a chance to to, um, to see how fast these guys are. Just like um, I'm trying to think of when Willie Gault was at the Chicago Bears. What yep. was this, the quarterback? Well, I think it was Doug Flutie, right? Was it Flutie Doug or Flutie. was it McMahon? No, it was before McMahon, so okay, um, or may, maybe McMahon was hurt. But I think it was Flutie, and he was really short. But man, he could throw the ball a long way. <laughs> and um, I, I, I was Lionel Washington, one of the Raider cornerbacks. Yep, um, had come from from the Cardinals, and uh, he was he was on the sideline, and he saw me battling with Willie all the time. And he said, "Mike, he said, don't 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 think he's going full speed." Because he's not. He's only going three-quarter speed. Wow. I'm going, dude, come on, man. He can't go that much faster. But sure enough, he had another gear. And uh, and so when we were running, Flutie threw that ball so far, I could not believe how far he threw it, that um, when I finally caught up to Willie and hit the ball, I mean, I just could not believe how far I had run or uh, how difficult it was to get to that task. And I saw the film of, of that ball in the, you know, the next day in film. I couldn't believe how far he had thrown it. Um, you know, we had quarterbacks that had arms like that uh, as well on our team. And we always, you know, found a way to get the ball to him. James right. Schrader had an arm like that, too. You know, he had an arm. He, could, he had a cannon. He could throw it a long ways. I wish he could run away, run around as like Mahomes could with the arm like that. That would have been really nice. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's it's it's funny. That's what Mark Davis said when they drafted uh they drafted uh Henry Ruggs. He said that you know he was looking for that same speed. He hasn't seen that speed since uh, Cliff Branch. So that goes back to you know Cliff Branch, who you know and and played with and know exactly how fast he was. So that's who Mark Davis kind of thought that Henry Ruggs uh, reminded him of was a young Cliff Branch. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's quite a compliment right there. Yeah, I think so. So uh, it should be exciting times, Mike. It's, it's very exciting times. Uh, this season's right around the corner. It gets kicked off in uh, less than a week. So uh, we'll be paying attention. I know you'll be paying attention. I definitely appreciate your time this afternoon. I, I feel like I've been on your car ride with you. I can I can ride with you another 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I, I appreciate you, Mike. <laughs> All right. Thank you, man. Go Raiders. All right. So that's going to do it, Raider Nation. Hopefully you enjoyed that full throttle interview right there with Pro Football Hall of Famer Mike Haynes. Really, really good dude. And it's funny, uh, yesterday, Tuesday, it was actually announced that he's going to be doing a show on Sirius XM Radio with uh, with JT the Brick every single Wednesday evening on Sirius XM. So uh, shout out to Mike Haynes. I think I warmed him up. I think I gave him the the bug to do radio. No, I, I, no, I didn't do that. That was already in the works before I ever had that conversation with them, but I didn't know that and it was announced on Tuesday and I was like oh man yeah he's a good talker hell we just talked for 30 minutes while he was in the car so anyway uh, I just I like that conversation man and uh, you can give me your feedback on it but 
I thought that was like one of those things where I'm just in the car sitting shotgun and Mike is driving and we're just talking about old times. Or maybe I'm driving and he's reminiscing. Who knows? It just it just felt like I was sitting in the car riding with my homeboy on a on a road trip. But that's how I took it. Uh, you can let me know what you thought of it. But hopefully you enjoyed it. That's all that really matters. Coming up on tomorrow's show, it's going to be Crossover Thursday. It usually is Wednesdays. Or it used to be Wednesdays, but now it is Thursdays each and every week. So I'm going to talk to Bill Rossetti from Locked On Panthers. We're going to talk all things. Carolina Panthers and Raiders as they kick off the 2020 season on Sunday, 10 a.m. West Coast kickoff, 1 p.m. on the East Coast, and uh, noon Central Time where I'm at. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about that on tomorrow's show, so get ready for that. I know a lot of people are big fans of the crossover edition. That's going to come your way on Thursday's edition. So, Raider Nation, definitely appreciate you. Appreciate you chiming in. Appreciate all the feedback that you give me each and every day. And uh, like I said, hopefully you enjoyed that interview with Mike Haynes. So until tomorrow's episode, uh, make sure you take care of yourself. Make sure you wash your hands, social distance, wear your mask, take care of your loved ones, hug on your family a little something, something. And as always, most importantly, just win, baby.